everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Fellowship. I'm Ed, and this is my wife, Lisa, and we're talking, Lisa, about conflict in marriage and conflict in dating relationships as well, because Conflict before the wedding runner segues into conflict after the wedding runner. So we really need to understand what fighting is all about. One of the reasons that we're so intent about sharing our relationship and encouraging others in their relationships is so that you don't stumble through. Yes, you're gonna have certain times where stumbling is inevitable, but we want all marriages, all relationships, all dating relationships, not to stumble, but to travel well, to be victorious. What is our thought? We're gonna fight, love, fight, win. And we want these relationships to be winning relationships. Today though, we talk about, okay, when you have that true love, you've got two people though who are imperfect, two, as you say, Lisa, self-centered sinners. And when you have a couple of self-centered sinners in a relationship, you're gonna have a bunch of self-centered sinning. You're gonna have some conflict. You're gonna have disagreements. I'm sure in all the different locations, just as there was here, there's just this slight little. <laughs> yes, yeah, a little bit uncomfortable. When we mentioned self-centered you talk about conflict Nobody in wants to admit that they mess up. None of us do, and especially in marriage conflicts, in relational conflicts. I don't want to admit that I'm the one that's fumbled the ball, that's that's uh, messed up, gone out of bounds. I don't. I don't like to admit that. Uh, no, women don't really. Oh. Uh, I- I was not speaking from a gender perspective. Well, that's true. I just want to say this. I was speaking and guys, from I, a guys, I know you're spouse. afraid to laugh because you don't want to get elbowed, but men, this is one of the good things about being a man. We Okay, tell us to, at least one good okay, thing tend, about being a man. We will ask for forgiveness and forgive and forget quicker than Gen, the woman. As attorneys would say, generally speaking. Well, I would almost say every time, but oh, let's please. just say generally speaking. I don't believe that. And guys, you know I'm right. You know I'm right. <laughs> Down deep you're going, oh man, that That's dude is preaching. That's for ulterior motives, because uh-huh, when the uh-huh. apology comes, the makeup comes. Yeah. So maybe that's it. Oh yeah, you'll figure that out sooner but listen, or later. But you know what too? We, <laughs> we, we are turning away from each other. We have disagreements, fights, conflict. We turn away, there's a turning away. Yet, because we have this this supernatural love active, we turn back towards one another, and that's only, real reconciliation only happens because we realize, man, I've been reconciled to God through Christ, and because marriage reflects that, then I should rush to reconcile with my spouse. Does that that make sense? That's, That's how the gospel the death, burial, and resurrection is lived out in marriage. Now, if you're not a believer, if you're like kicking tires and testing the waters about this whole Christianity thing, that's one of the, well, that's, that's the essence of Christianity. And it's something that, quite frankly, Lisa, has kept our marriage at a top priority, and it's the reason we have a great marriage. And I've said this before, and, and, and don't freak, but, and Lisa said it too, we've written about this. If if we didn't have Jesus in our lives, 
we wouldn't be married today. Our marriage would not have worked. I agree with that. So Jesus and his reconciliation is the foundation for how you and I resolve conflict. And it's important that we, we figure out this conflict thing because what happens when, when you have two self-centered sinners and conflict arises, the tendency is for me, because I like to be right, I like to be victorious, I wanna win, I go into our conflicts with the perspective of me winning. But it's not about me winning. Conflict is used best when we navigate through it and then both of us win. Because if I focus on me winning or if Ed focuses on him winning, then what happens? We have a loser in the relationship. Someone wins, someone loses. And I don't wanna be married to a loser. Neither do you. So... In order for us to navigate through conflict, we have to set our winning motivation aside as an individual and grasp that we want to win together. We it's want this conflict it's to that take oneness. us. We want this yes. conflict to take us to a new level in our relationship. And I can honestly say, over all the years of our marriage, that whatever conflict we've experienced, when dealt with correctly, we have come out better for it. We're, our, our relationship is deeper. We love each other more. And it's hard, as we talked about last time, for me to even imagine that I love Ed more today than I did 35 years ago, in spite of the conflicts that we've had. Well, so, think, again, go back to the gospel, all right? We, we were at war with the Lord. We turned away from him. The reconciliation work was done by Jesus, and it brought us to a new level. Obviously, that's a macro-type situation. Well, the thing can happen, that same reconciliation can happen in a micro-level in marriage when we have turned away, reconciliation, a deeper level. We turn away, reconciliation, a deeper level. So that is the beauty of the gospel. That's what real love is about. You've got agape love, unconditional love. You've got brotherly love, phileo. Then you have the erotic sexual chemistry called eros love. Three loves in a relationship. Yet, Lisa, if you think about it, marriage is more on the, 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 the warm and cool side than it is on the hot side all the time. And I know a lot of singles, especially a lot of students here are like, oh no, when I get married, it's gonna be hot 24 seven, man. Hot, 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 hot. You'll definitely have times when it's hot. That's part of love. But you cannot, you, you, you cannot thrive and survive when it's just hot, 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 because that fades like a good because pair of 501 what jeans. What happens when conflict comes? The heat dissipates and it's icy cold. Yeah. And how do you navigate through that? Well, we wanna share with you several ways to do that. The first is to communicate truthfully. Truthfully. In conflict, communicate truthfully. I have a difficult time with this. Not giving truth, but receiving truth. Especially when it comes from Ed. Because I tend to become defensive when he shares truth about my personality, truth about my behavior, truth about an issue. And I imagine that there are many who are hearing my voice and you're like, oh yeah, I understand. I think, I think I you're more defensive than I am. Uh, definitely more defensive. Who in here would be the most defensive in your marriage? Those who are married, just lift your hand. Who's the most defensive? That's okay. 
It tends Good. to be, well, there's a couple men who's raising yeah. their hands, but I, I, get, I get defensive. But think about it this way. The person who is best suited to tell me the truth other than God's word is my husband. He's best suited for that. So rather than being defensive, I need to be receptive to hearing the truth. But that is coupled with the next one. Tender. Com communicate tenderly. Tenderly. Because the truth delivered harshly will definitely cause us to be defensive. So you have to wrap truth in tenderness. Yeah, truth and love, tenderness. Truth and love. Truth and Tenderness. Love. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words cause quarrels. And you're much better at that than I am. At tenderness? Yes. Thank you. Okay. And she really then, is. And then we should communicate timely. Oh, I'm, now you're definitely better than me. At, timely. Yeah, the, the right Ed, time. Ed Timing is, oh, Lisa's Ed great at that. relationship, Ed tends to say whatever he's thinking, and it just sue me comes out. It just you know, he I do. Thinks it, he thinks it. He says it. But I don't say I don't say rude things all the time to people. I'm not talking about you know. Some people are like, yeah, man, I just I, I just I just tell it like it is, and you're like, whoa, you know, I'm, I don't mean like that, but no, I'll just no, no, say no, no. things maybe at the wrong time, like. Right before we're going to bed, I might say something like, uh, yeah, I had this conversation with so-and-so, and, and Lisa's like, honey, I don't want to hear about that right now. That causes stress and anxiety. Or I might say, Lisa, I'm tired of, of you, I mean, really, of blowing your nose, because Lisa blows her nose. That, that's one of the pet peeves that I have with her. She blows her nose more than anyone I've ever seen in my life. Most arguments stem from power, money, and sex. Yes. Those are the three big issues in marriage and relationships, power, money, and sex. However, there are little pet peeves Whoa. that are recurring that can cause us to have, you know, we, we might just see our spouse in a not so pretty light. I want to ask you, how many people in here blow your nose more than five times a day? See, ha, very ha, few. Ha, ha, ha. She's at 15. <laughs> I do not blow my nose 15 But times tell them what I do that drives you cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because I do something and I just, it's, it's horrible. Just say it. Well, Ed hums and sings and taps all the time. All the time. By that, well, usually not simultaneously. <laughs> but he, he hums, just hums like... He'll be making, uh, working on his message and I'll hear humming and I'll, he'll walk down the hallway and you'll hear humming and then you, he'll be in the kitchen making a smoothie, humming. I'll be in the, come up to the office and Ed's in his office humming. And that sounds like such a trite and trivial thing. It absolutely drives me crazy. We'll sit down for a meal and Ed will be humming. <laughs> or if we're out on a date, he'll start Tapping, tapping, just tapping, be different beats. And of course, this is an insult to his tapping because he actually was a drummer and so he can really put a beat down on the, the dashboard. Mm -hmm. And he will ask me, he'll say, can you match that beat? And I'm like, I don't want to match that beat. He goes, no, 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 seriously, Lisa. So I, I think you can. Come on, you can do this. And I'm like, Ed, I really don't care about beating on the dashboard. And he will insist until I do it. And, and that is minor in the grand schemes of marital conflict. 
But those are just two things that drive us crazy. But here's what we found. Those, those Kleenex arguments and the humming slash singing arguments, even though they're a little bit irritating, can lead sometimes into... Because often if Ed's talking to me about the Kleenex and, you know, Lisa, I think you blow your nose too much. Then I raise my defenses and I'll start saying, well, let me tell you what you do too much. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go from humming to things that are maybe a little bit more serious and more deeply. And so it's important that timing is considered because we have to put our, we have to make sure we're dealing with conflict outside of high emotional times, not when we're in the heat of the argument. Yes, you want to diffuse an argument, mm-hmm. but you want to make sure you're dealing with it when your emotions aren't ruling and common sense and that thought of we want to discuss this, we want to get reconciliation so we can be better for it. Communication is huge. I think a lot of times, especially women, we think that our husbands learn things through osmosis. It's like, oh, well, I'm sitting next to him. Surely he gets this. And that's not true. We have to communicate. So you communicate truthfully. You communicate tenderly. You communicate timely. And then also tactfully. And that kind of goes with the tenderness thing. It does. With tact. But too often we speak to our spouses in a way that we would never speak to a friend. Now that right there is brilliant. Did you hear that? That's brilliant. And, and Think about your best friend, you know. If I wouldn't treat my friend like that, why would I treat that person that I am committed to and have a covenant before God with? So it's important that we communicate in these ways. And that brings us to, to the Ten Commandments of fighting. Would you like to know those? Yes. The and, Ten Commandments. And hey, if you're single... This is so great that you can learn this now. We did not, Lisa and I did not receive marital, premarital counseling. And and I'm telling you, no matter how cool you are, what you look like, how much money you have or don't have, whatever your culture is, skin color, forget it, you will deal with these issues. You will. And you and I truly stumbled upon these commandments because we figured out that these were things that we were doing in our relationship that was detrimental. It was causing us to to have resentment. And and so we kind of created these out of common sense and out of experience. The first one is thou shalt not use absolutes. You never. You always. Every single time. Those words, those words have a way of making us feel like total failures. Do you if think you, you do that more or do you think I do that more using absolutes? You always use it. No. <laughs> whoa, no, that scared that, me right there. That was self-indicting, was wasn't it? That was self-indicting. No, I tend to do that more because that, I think those words arise out of emotion. They come out of emotion, and in yes. my feelings-based attitude, my feelings-based uh, drama or whatever you want to call it, I will tend to say, Ed, you always do that. But you know what someone told me about marriage? Think about this. Marriage, marriage is, is a place where you learn to do what you don't want to do. Isn't that great? And it sounds negative, but it's not, because... Marriage is the catalyst for spiritual maturity. That's why we have to fight right. So don't use absolutes. Number two, thou shalt not become historical. 
I didn't say hysterical. Historical. Now, that's pretty much for the women because guys, I, I know I'm not as smart as Lisa. They can remember stuff. Do you remember 10 years ago, honey, when you said, nah, nah, nah. Let's just go to the next one. Number three. There's no use to say anything about that. But don't, to me, don't, bring, don't dredge up the past. Yep. yep. You stay, stay in the moment stay in with, the, the, moment. with and, the relevant and please, topic. Yes, stay and guys, in the moment with the we don't like topic. that because that's unfair, you know, because they're smarter than we are. Because see, women understand stuff on a multi-sensory level and we don't. And it's like, it's like fighting some UFC guy. You, you, you don't have any mixed martial arts training, you're in the ring and, and you're fighting a UFC guy and just, you know, you're done. So guys, we cannot, once they go hyster I'm hi historical, I almost said hysterical, historical, forget it, it's over. Number stay, three. Stay in the present day. Number three, thou shalt not name call. Ooh, uh -oh. have you ever said you're acting just like your blank? <laughs> your mother. <laughs> <laughs> or your dad. Mm -hmm. Okay, how many people in here, I'm, I'm not going to raise my hand, nor is Lisa. Well, we will. How many people, how many married couples have ever called your spouse by their, their parents' name before? Just kind of joking around. Not joking around. Oh, being serious. Okay, being serious. <laughs> I mean, oh, we have some liars in the room. This is hilarious. I know in Miami we're being honest. Only like four people did. I don't believe that at all. You gotta no, be truthful. No, just, just um, you notice certain behaviors. Okay, how about have you ever thought that? Forget saying it. Maybe you've thought that. Lift your hand. Oh, every <laughs> single hand is going up. God bless you from the balcony. Just, I see them I oh, just, at all the campuses. The great thing is, is, you, is we look at our relationships, and yes, Ed come, came into our marriage with his what? Family background. Family background on how he... Uh, you know, does life on how he settles conflict, all these different things that are from his family of origin. Yes. I came into our relationship the same way. So obviously there are traits that he has that are positive from his family and negative from his family. Number four, thou shalt not compare. Don't compare your spouse to the spouse of a friend. No. Don't compare your spouse to someone you're seeing on television. Don't compare your spouse to anyone uh, it's 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 not fair to compare. It's unfair to compare. And the only person we should aspire to be like is Jesus. That's who we should be aspiring to be like. Now I've yes. had I've had role models in my life. I've had role models in my life. Ed's mother was a role model for me. She lived her life in such a godly way. That's Amazing. awesome. If Ed were to say, "Oh wow, Lisa, you're so much like my mother and how she loved the Lord." then I would take that as a huge That's, compliment. If he said, oh, you're just like my mother, she scuffed her feet when she walked across the room, that would not be so much of a compliment. Number five, thou shalt not threaten. Threaten, what does that look like? Well, if you don't do blank, if you say that again, I'm going to blank. Right. So basically that's if you're not getting your way, you're going to punish your I'll spouse. take my ball and go home. Yes. Kind of. You're going to uh, punish your spouse for hurting your feelings. Right? And that makes you superior because you're the punisher. And we're, we're in a relationship together. And so 
Our goal is to both be winners. So when I threaten Ed and demean Ed and make him feel less than, I'm really doing that as well to myself. So don't threaten. Don't hold things over their head. Or divorce. Don't don't use the D word. Yes. Number six. Thou shalt. Number six, thou shalt not interrupt. When thou you're shalt in the- not interrupt, and that's the sin that I have. I, 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 and I've seen it, and I've watched it, and I'm sorry about that. Thou shalt not interrupt. One of the things in conflict is the ability to communicate, and if you're constantly interrupting the person who's communicating, then you're not being fair in the fight. So allow the person to speak their mind, wait your turn, and then share your response. However, don't let your response be just a response to the words that they're saying. Let your response be timely for the situation that is being dealt with. Too often when Ed is talking to me, I'm thinking of retaliation. My response is gonna be retaliation to the words he just said, rather than listening and absorbing the situation and saying, oh, Let me process that and then respond. And you know what? Do not correct your spouse when he or she are telling stories. Let me say that again. That's not one of the commandments. Do not. Yeah, it's about interrupting. Don't correct them. Here, how many times have we been with someone at dinner? We we, we talked to couples and, and, and the husband or wife will launch into a story. And yeah, we went to Vail, Colorado. No, it wasn't Vail. No, it wasn't Vail. Yeah, and we were going, it seemed like we were going like 30 miles an hour. We weren't going 30 miles an hour. It was about 10 miles an hour. Yeah. I mean, just shut up and let your spouse tell the dang story. Because if you think and about you it, do those details really do make a difference in the story? Oh my gosh, it wears me out. And I, then th- too, I think women are more guilty of that. Well, than even I wasn't going to say it, but. <laughs> Watch how a spouse watches and looks at their spouse while the spouse is talking or sharing a story. You can tell in a nanosecond if they have a good marriage or not. Several nights ago, we were at dinner with a couple. I'm trying to look at you so meaningfully. No, 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 no. We were at, <laughs> we were at dinner at a couple, and I just glanced over. It was amazing how they both would look at each other and connect, and, and they were into the story. We've been with many other couples, many other couples. One's telling a story, the other's like. Rolling their eyes. Number seven, thou shalt not give up. That's, that's just the point at which you think, oh, I'm throwing in the towel. Crash through quitting points. Crash through quitting points. Most problems are solvable. It's a question of whether or not you have a hard heart. A hard heart toward your relationship. Yes. What do you need to do to soften your heart? Number eight, thou shalt not keep score or score keep. Yeah, don't think, okay, I've got, I've got to have another W That's in just kind of like, yeah, I've got to have another losers. W in the win column. I've got to. I've got to win. I've got to win. Number nine, thou, sh- thou shalt not psychoanalyze. No, don't do leave, that. Leave the, the therapy to a licensed therapist. If you read a book and you... Um, <laughs> Somebody was taking a picture. I just thought I'd wave because what you were saying I wasn't really paying attention to. So what were you saying? Oftentimes yeah. we'll read a book 
yes. and a self-help book for ourselves, but then we'll start applying it to every single person we know. Yeah. And the first person we try it out on is our spouse. So if you, <laughs> if you need to walk into a Christian counselor's office, do that. Go to counseling. Go to counseling. Number 10, thou shalt not change lanes. Keep the issue the issue. Don't veer off into other issues. Keep the issue the issue. Well, what I'm doing is when I'm getting, uh, uh, like, like when you're beating me in an argument, I'll, I'll tend to jump and change lanes real quick because I don't want to absorb, you know, the, 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 the lost. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to add two things to this. Okay. Okay. There's two things that I just thought of. Another thing that we have to remember, don't, when you have a conflict, don't air it out in public. Don't take your dirty laundry outside for everyone to see. That's so good. It is so important to remember that your marriage is sacred and your conflict is sacred. And it's only intended for very, uh, very few people. And it's a trusted counselor or a trusted confidant, but that would be one or two people at the most and I would say more likely one. But the first person who you deal with with your conflict is the spouse. So don't air your dirty laundry. So truthfully, tenderly, timely, tactfully, 10 commandments, that's it. We've got the information about what marriage is. So now we have the application for what marriage does. Woo. Let's Love pray it. together. Father, at all of our campuses, we pray for the marriages those marriages that are thriving, those marriages that are barely surviving. We pray for those who are thinking about marriage, those who are single. And you may be saying, you know, I don't even have marriage on the horizon, but most will get married. Father, may we take this information and apply it. May we live out the gospel. In Christ's name we pray. Thank you for listening. And thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless. God bless.